What does the number 117 mean to you? Something auspicious? Something suspicious? Further investigation will reveal that today is the 117th day of the year, which more people likely know better as April 27, 2021. You're about to hear the equivalent version of Charlottesville Community Engagement, or as it might be known in France, Engagement Communautaire de Charlottesville. Special thanks to the translation robot there. On today's show, tourism industry officials considered reform of the Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau board's makeup. There are some updates on transit planning in the area, and there are no qualifying bids yet for the reconstruction of the Belmont Bridge. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out wants you to consider a new adventure this Sunday. The Rivanna Conservation Alliance resumes the tradition of the Rivanna River Race. Contestants will travel 6.8 miles downriver by a kayak or canoe from the Rio Mills Bridge to the Rivanna River Company. Registration costs $40 a person or $50 for a tandem entry, and proceeds go to the Rivanna Conservation Alliance. Don't have a boat? Rent one from the Rivanna River Company. Visit the sign-up page in the newsletter to learn more and register. It's all part of the Rivanna River Fest, which runs from May 1st to May 9th. The long-awaited construction of the Belmont Bridge in Charlottesville will not begin this spring, and City Council may be briefed on Monday about how to move the long-planned project forward. Several firms submitted bids in time for the March 16, 2021 closing date, but the city has not released any further information on those bids at this time. Here's an email from Brian Wheeler, the city's director of communications. The submitted bid proposals for the Belmont Bridge replacement are being evaluated by the city staff and its consultant in accordance with the planned project scope. This evaluation also includes consideration of the project's planned budget. The current bridge was built in 1962, and city staff recommended in April 2009 that it should be replaced rather than repaired. The firm MMM Design was hired to conduct the design process for what was then a project with a $9 million cost estimate, but there was fierce public debate about whether the bridge should even be replaced or if a tunnel underneath the railroad tracks should proceed instead. MMM Design went out of business soon after Council selected to go with a bridge in July of 2014. Soon after that, the firm Kimley Horn was selected as the next consultant and began a new review in April of 2017. Last August, Council voted to authorize $15.25 million in federal and state funding for the project, which by then had a $31 million cost estimate. At least $7.5 million of that amount come from the city's capital improvement program budget. The project was advertised for construction bids earlier this year, but the process is now stalled, pending new direction from Council. Here's that email from Brian Wheeler again. A recommendation for moving forward is being developed, as are possible options. Check back tomorrow to see if the item is on the City Council's agenda for their meeting on May 3rd. Want to show support for those people who work on road and transportation projects in Virginia? Tomorrow, April 28th, is the Virginia Department of Transportation's Go Orange Day, where people are asked to wear orange to mark National Work Zone Awareness Week. If you want to do that, take a selfie and send it to VDOT in one of two ways. You can read those options in the newsletter. 
You can also take a look at their gallery to see some examples. Preparations continue for a study of how transit could work better in Albemarle County. Some fixed route service is provided by Charlottesville Area Transit, which is owned by the city of Charlottesville. Jaunt provides fixed route service between Crozet and Charlottesville, as well as a paratransit service throughout the region. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission is shepherding a regional transit vision as well as an Albemarle-only plan. A kickoff meeting for the latter study will take place in early June. Jessica Hirsch-Ballering is a planner with the TJPDC. This is a project to determine the best way to expand transit service to three priority locations in Albemarle County. So those priority locations are Pantops, North 29, and Monticello. And the goal is to apply for funding to implement that service in fiscal year 23. To do that, the study will need to be completed, including public review, in order to apply for a demonstration grant by next February. Albemarle Supervisor Diantha McKeel is the chair of the Regional Transit Partnership. I just have a comment, Jessica. I looked at that February and February and thought, wow, that is really a tight timeline, but I'm sure you all have figured it out. The University Transit System, UTS, is a member of the Regional Transit Partnership, and they updated community officials on the results of a recent passenger survey. The pandemic skewed ridership last year, with almost 90% of people taking shuttle routes to the health complex, a figure that was 57.25% in 2019. Academic routes usually make up just over 40% of the ridership of UTS, but that dropped to 10% last year. The university transit system is completely separate from Charlottesville area transit, but does offer some service on some streets in the city of Charlottesville. Here's UTS director Becca White. We are the public provider on 14th Street, Grady, Rugby, Arlington, Massey. People who have been around long enough know that CAT used to serve um, some of those corridors and um, were able to concentrate elsewhere while UTS agreed to be the public provider on those corridors. However, Charlottesville area transit officials said they are in talks with UTS about whether that will continue. CAT Senior Project Manager Steve McNally told the Regional Transit Partnership about upcoming capital projects, including the potential for a transit hub with a park-and-ride lot along US-29. They're looking for a suitable two-acre lot. I've been busy looking at some uh, vacant or unoccupied properties looking at uh, right-of-way issues, the access to those, another other, a number of other criteria. CAT is about to begin work on two studies of its own. One will look at the need for future facilities and a more dedicated look at the park and ride possibility with the firm Kimley Horn. In response to a question from White, CAT Director Garland Williams said he has not been in touch with anyone from the University of Virginia Foundation, which owns many properties in the 29 North Corridor, including the North Fork Research Park. This is our kickoff as to bring in all those elements together. So the study is really going to look at whether the corridor itself um, is right for uh, public transit, which we do firmly believe that it is. Williams added this could help CAT increase ridership, which would in turn bring in more funding. Uh, initially, we have looked at potentially to the airport. Um, to the to UVA um, is kind of the initial corridor looking at um, uh, kind of the, the, the route 
but that's up for kind of um, discussion um, as we're working um, through uh, with our consultants. The work by Kim Lee Horn is separate from the work being done by the TJPDC on behalf of Albemarle County. Williams said the work is complementary and will function together. A third transit-related land use study in the same geographic area is a potential relocation of Albemarle's school bus fleet to land somewhere in the U.S. 29 corridor. Christine Jacobs, the interim director of the TJPDC, said the conversation at the Regional Transit Partnership was a sign of the role the organization can play. I think this is really exciting because there's a lot of synergy and coordination that is occurring between some of these corridors. I just want to make sure I remind you guys that the PDC will also be doing um, through the MPO that 29 North Corridor study from Airport Road all the way up into Green. More on that in future newsletters. The Virginia Department of Environmental Quality has opened a new Office of Environmental Justice. Rene Hoyos will serve as the first director of the office, which will oversee the implementation of an environmental justice program at DEQ. The office stems from an executive order from Governor Ralph Northam from 2018. A report from Skio Solutions and the Metropolitan Group completed in the fall of 2020 further outlined how the office might work. Hoyos most recently served as the executive director of the Tennessee Clean Water Network. Hoyos will work with Jerome Brooks as the environmental justice coordinator. Brooks has been at DEQ for a decade and a half as the manager of the Office of Water Compliance and director of the Office of Air Compliance Coordination. Even before the creation of the office, Brooks has been serving as DEQ's environmental justice coordinator for the past 13 years. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for another subscriber-supported public service announcement. It's becoming more and more safe to go out and check out live music. If you're interested in going out and hearing people who have been waiting to get out and play, check out the Charlottesville Jazz Society and their running list of events. The Charlottesville Jazz Society is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all jazz. And the best thing you can do now is to get ready to check out some music. Check out the Charlottesville Jazz Society at a link in the newsletter. To close out the show today, a long look at the April 26, 2021 meeting of the Charlottesville Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau, a public body that since 2018 is made up of appointed and elected officials from Albemarle and Charlottesville, as well as representatives from the tourism industry. The CACVB was originally formed in 1979 and exists today to serve as a clearinghouse for information on tourism, as well as to discuss the strategies for how to market the area. Different entities in the community want to bring in more visitors for different reasons. At the beginning of the April 26th meeting, Susan Chrishell with the Ix Art Park spoke. The Ix Art Park is a centrally located and flexible destination space. The organization has put together a new campaign with $20,000 in funding from the Virginia Tourism Office to attract people in neighboring states to come to the area to experience the many arts in the community. We are such a strong and vital arts destination that we wanted to position Charlottesville as a city to come and really immerse yourself in arts. We thought that that 
not only could help spur uh, economic activity here in Charlottesville, it could also encourage tourists to come back to Charlottesville. The Ix Art Park partnered with the CACVB, the Downtown Business Association of Charlottesville, the Bridge Performing Arts Initiative, and the Quirk Hotel of Charlottesville on the Charlottesville Excursions Project. The Quirk Hotel would offer a discount during the duration of the campaign. This campaign is going to run every weekend in September and October of this year. And this would be an example of what we might suggest to someone who comes in for, let's say, a four-day weekend. For most of its history, elected officials did not serve on the CACVB's governing body. Until 2004, there was a tourism council that advised the tourism agency's executive director. But that was abandoned at the time in favor of a larger board of directors. In 2017, city and county officials both voted to add more oversight and altered the makeup of the board to allow two elected officials from both Albemarle and Charlottesville. Albemarle Supervisor Diantha McKeel said the Charlottesville Excursions program is exciting, but noted that much of its presentation was centered on Charlottesville. I understand the um, city-centric nature uh, of the uh, proposal, What was your outreach to, say, Woolen Mills or Stonefield, some of the areas that were really close by, but maybe not located in the city? Chriselle responded that the organization that runs the Ix Art Park is small, and personnel limitations forced them to focus on their immediate environment. Some of it, quite frankly, came down to what we were just physically able to manage. We're a small organization, um, so we really felt that we kind of needed to keep it as close to the downtown center as possible, just because we thought that's what we could actually manage. Chriselle said the program could grow if it is successful. She said arts organizations have not been showcased to potential tourists. So this is sort of stepping our toe in the water to a more um, comprehensive arts campaign, but I I truly hope that this will be the first step towards something that is more permanent and long-term. Supervisor Ann Malik said she wanted the Ix Art Parks program to highlight fall festivals in Albemarle and to put a spotlight on excursions into the county. And certainly every one of those wineries and breweries that people mentioned has, many of them have art galleries and have resident studio people there. Chriselle said she would be happy to consider adding that information, but that they've used up all of the $20,000 in funding so far. If you think that there are arts organizations that would like to be involved in this and and are willing to do a little bit of the footwork involved to get themselves involved and to help us um, tie them in, we'd be more than happy to speak to them. I think it's just a lack of knowledge as to who everybody is and, and what's going on. In February, the CACVB board had talked about exploring ways to change the working dynamics of the board to reflect best practices used by similar entities across the country, which seek to market themselves as destinations. An informal work group has looked at the issues since, including city councilor Heather Hill. The group looked at four other groups in Virginia and concluded that the makeup of the CACVB skews heavily to government representation. Of the 15 members of the board, eight are elected or appointed officials from Albemarle or Charlottesville. We see ourselves as pretty unique position of being this quasi-governmental with a board oversight. The working group also met with industry representatives to find out what people thought about the CACVB and its ability to promote tourism. There's just a sense that there's not as much dialogue um, among the sectors and, and just being able to kind of have more of those seats at the table so that they can 
be kind of a, a conduit for that sector dialogue that can happen um, across the region. Hill said some representatives said there were power dynamics on the board that intimidated people from approaching the agency and the board for help and assistance. Chris Yore, the executive director of the Paramount, is another member of that working group. She said she wanted the board to operate in a way that would lead to more connections and reference the presentation from the Ix Art Park. I would love to know how the arts could help hotels better. What nights do they need to be filled? What weeks? What months? And then have all of these different sectors perhaps come up with plans for what activities to stage. Your suggested adjusting the agendas for the meetings to invite more organizations to the table to get feedback from board members. The working group also suggested considering changing the composition of the board itself. Overarching, I think some of a lot of the themes that we were just hearing was just there just feels like there's a disconnect um, between the work of the board and representatives in the industry. Your said the current makeup of the CACVB came at a time when there was suspicion from government officials about how their tax money raised by the transient occupancy lodging tax was being spent. That's by and large while, while we are here because um, there wasn't the confidence from the elected officials that their, the funds that were the tax revenues were being used um, according to how they thought it would, should strategically be done. McKeel said that was part of the discussion, but not the whole reason why she supported the board realignment in 2018. She said she wanted to expand the kinds of work the CACVB board did, and it wasn't just about the money. Every time we ask about vineyards, every time we ask about the work that we're doing in this community around African-American history and some of the trails, every time we ask about something besides one group, which was at that time, to be honest with you, heads and bets, we were told, we don't do that. We can't do that. We're not interested in all of that other stuff. There appeared to be support for reform of the board, but there was a warning about how much the members could do to reform itself. Roger Johnson is the chair of the CACVB board and Albemarle County's economic development director. I don't think we could entertain any board changes whatsoever. That's part of the operating agreement and outside the scope of what this board actually has the authority to do. However, Johnson said he would meet with his counterpart in Charlottesville, as well as CACVB Executive Director Courtney Cacation, to discuss next steps. The meeting then moved on to a presentation on Virginia's tourism industry. The final speaker of four of that group was Travis Wilburn of Stay Charlottesville. Wilburn went back to the discussion of the board's makeup. He said he has spoken with many people who feel the presence of elected officials on the CACV board was intimidating. As I speak representing these folks, I personally honestly fear political retribution for the businesses that I'm involved in, which is exactly how many of your board members feel and fear on a regular basis from the ones that I've gotten to speak with. We've created a toxic environment and we call on you to help us right this ship. Wilburn referenced data from the Virginia Tourism Office that showed that tourism had a $683 million economic impact on the Charlottesville community in 2019. That was roughly 6,100 jobs, and those are jobs that we desperately would like to bring back. We very much need the help of this bureau. Wilburn then cited an email that Senator Cree Deeds wrote to Susan Payne last Friday, 
Payne is the president of the Blue Ridge Group and chair of the Virginia Tourism Corporation. In the email, he appeared to critique the makeup of the CACVB board. Let's hear Travis Wilburn read Deed's words. Several years ago, I supported legislation to allow an elected official from both the county and the city to serve on the CACVB. I did so to encourage cooperation and work between the public and private sectors. I understand that membership has grown beyond what was intended, and it seems to me that you have to have more industry representation so that the people who know the work can guide its growth. In response, Charlottesville Mayor Nakaya Walker said her priority as an elected official, no matter what board she's sitting on, is to address race and labor issues. And um, no matter how um, you spend it, we have an economy that has been built on a university and tourism that leaves the majority of the individual who happens to be um, people of color, black people and other people of color, um, service those industries who can never make it out of poverty wage jobs, even though we're talking about almost a $700 billion industry. That should be unacceptable to all of us. Walker said she would not be silent about her views. So besides the guest on this call, two of the four, I am the only um, Black person or a person of color represented on this screen. So part of Heather's and um, Chris' conversation about how to change that is a very important conversation. The conversations will continue at the CACVB's next meeting. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you very much for listening. It's been a long one, so we'll get you out of here early. Do keep in mind that if you would like to help support the program, right now is the best time that there ever has been to sign up on Substack. Now, the email and this podcast come out to you for free, but I do need to pay for it somehow. And Ting is offering a great chance to match any money that you send in through that subscription uh, by signing up for a $5 a month donation a $50 a year subscription, or a $200 a year founder subscription, which uh, will get you some perks uh, here and there. uh, And you can ask me what those are, and we can talk about it. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I look forward to being back here tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, stay safe and listen to this again and ask questions and um, let me know. Stay safe.